Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Paps Mansion haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And I'm your host, Rebecca. And that would make me Pat. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) So I wanted to start this episode by apologizing and just giving you guys a little bit of an update. I know we've missed um, an episode and we uh, have missed a a Ghostly X episode. um, And we're going to be working real hard here to um, to bring all all of the ghostly to you. Um, uh, Unfortunately, I suffered a pretty big loss recently. Um, I lost my mother and it was uh, a difficult um, last couple months. Um, I mean, even more than that, but especially the last few months. And uh, it was a little bit unexpected, I would say. I mean, expected and also not. Um, So anyways, it kind of caught us unawares. And um, so I I am doing okay. Uh, It's definitely... A challenge. I know she is um, at peace. She always uh, she lived a, a, her life with a lot of a lot of pain. She she accomplished a lot in her life, um, but she always said, you know, that um, at least, you know not to be sad when she passed because she um, would not be in pain anymore. But um, I will say one thing that has come from this too is kind of I got the chance to really kind of think back on her life and um and and really reflect on all of the things that she was able to do and I am so proud of her. You know, she ran for public office and won and she um worked with mental health and accomplished so many things locally and, and she supported women in politics. Absolutely, she was a big supporter of women. Uh and I just, you know, anyways, it's just admiration for me for her and um I'm very sad she's gone, um but I'm doing okay and uh again, I'm sorry that we <laughs> kind of got the uh, got behind on our ghostly, but we're getting back on track and I'm I'm very excited. We um, had our first uh, live event or a live event <laughs> last mm-hmm. weekend, and we've got a few more coming up, and I'm very excited for those uh, as well. We've got Parapalooza next weekend. Yeah, and then we have C2E2 the first weekend in August. The first weekend in August. It's like yeah. the 6th, 7th, 8th, something like that. We're yeah. not sure what day yet, but we will be there, so we hope to see you. Absolutely, and we'll be doing a panel with our friend Scott Larson. Absolutely. All right, so um, let's just get into the episode. Very sorry, Rebecca, for your loss. Uh, When you hear the name Paps and think of beer, you think of Paps Blue Ribbon. In this episode, we're going to talk about Paps and how beer would one day build a creepy but beautiful mansion. It is kind of creepy looking, right? It, it really is. Yeah. I will share a video in the show notes, and there's no words, honestly. It's just somebody walking through the tour on, with the mansion, uh-huh. and it's it's great, but it's still creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was surprised to find out how many ties Paps had with Chicago. I mean, obviously, 
you know, we don't just do Chicago episodes, but we do love to do our Chicago episodes. I mean, trust me, if you live in Chicago, you you know that any Chicago news, anything, and if they report anything from mm-hmm. anywhere else in the world, they will always find a way to link it back to Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. That's just what we do. But they didn't just shape Chicago. They shaped the United States. Ooh. Uh, at least as far as beer consumption goes. Well, that kind of know. is America's beer consumption, <laughs> right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I knew I knew Pabst Blue Ribbon as like the cheap beer. Yeah. Um, but it is had this resurgence and now is one of the most popular beers. Really? Absolutely. Okay. And um, especially in comedy clubs. Oh, I can see that. For sure. some reason, comedy clubs love their Pabst Blue Ribbon. Give me the PBR, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so- this would be the time that we do shout outs. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer those five-star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu. And we have a few different tiers to choose from, ranging from just starting at $1. Yeah. And uh, we just uh, we've got a couple episodes coming up. One is some footage from some a live event that we did a few months ago that yeah. we want to share with our, our Patreon members. And we also just rec- recorded um, an episode with a couple of friends of mine that have been on previous episodes. And I was shocked at some of the stories yeah. <laughs> that I heard from Wait, both of them. Wait, were you drinking? Were you drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon? And no, that? no beer was drunk. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean other things weren't being drunk. <laughs> but uh, no, we had a great time, and uh, yeah. both of them had new ghost stories to share with us. Wow. So that they've been holding back. They've been on holding us. back on us. So you know, go to Patreon and check out all the tiers and and pick one maybe that ha- can get you some Ghostly X episodes, and you'll you'll hear some more ghostly. All right, so I have got a listener mail. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so this is from Damon. Thank you, Damon. Wait, I'm scared already. Someone named Damon sent <laughs> it's this. It's not Damien. Oh, not Damien. Just okay. Damon. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, my first experience with anything paranormal was around 2001, 2002. One evening, I was hanging out and talking to my dad in his bedroom, which was at the end of the hallway. I was leaning against his dresser right next to the doorway. As we were talking, I noticed that something caught his attention down at the other end of the hallway. I peeked out to see what he was looking at. We saw my youngest sister, Kate, or Kat, let's say Kate, uh, standing there with a blank, or sorry, a black stare. We thought nothing of it at the moment, but a little time passed and she hadn't moved from that spot. Thinking that something was going on with her, I called out her name. This is when she started to walk towards us, but she turned and we saw her walk into my older sister's room that was next to my parents' bedroom. My dad and I both went to check on her to see what was going on. I went into the room first and didn't see my sister at all. We checked the entire room and couldn't find her. I told my dad that I would ask my other sisters if they'd seen Kate. I walked to the other side of the house into the living room and began to ask my sisters if they had seen her. That's when I noticed that she was asleep on the couch behind them. She was wearing completely different clothes than what my dad and I had seen her wearing in the hallway. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, but that's crazy. I mean, that sounded like a horror movie. Yeah, right. 
Like, honestly, like, so I was expecting that they were going to walk into the room. They didn't see her. She was going to be on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. She was going to be in the wardrobe but somewhere. But she changed her clothes and laid down on the couch and went to sleep. Or it was like her astral projection self. Oh. That was upstairs. That's what I'm thinking. Wow. Now, um, Damon has another story um, involving his sister, but I I think I'm going to save that for our next episode. So stay tuned for more creepy sister stories. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Damon. And if you want to have your story read on Ghostly, um, we always love to hear them. So you can send a story to email at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form found right on ghostlypodcast.com. Or one of our favorite ways to get ghost stories is in the actual mail at P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. All right. So are you ready for the polls? No. I, you know what? I'm so I'm so excited for the ghost story. Let's just skip the polls and get right to the uh, ghost story. No, we definitely need to do the polls no, because no, people no. have had extra time to vote. I know. That's why. So we should just <laughs> skip them and move on. No, no, no. We got to check it no, out. No, they've had extra time. It wasn't fair. So I'm just saying, uh, you know, we just I don't think it. that the results change that much for with the extra time, but we should definitely Rebecca, you're killing this. me. I'm Come sorry. on. Uh, So our last episode, we talked about the Myrtle's Plantation. Uh, And we have a yes for 60, sorry, 73.9%. I wish it was 60. Sorry, (laughs) 73.9% and a no 26.1%. Yeah, that was, it was, it's been brutal. Yeah. We get notifications whenever you vote and I just kept seeing all these yes votes <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. I know. I, you know, it's been a tough few weeks and again, I'm, I, I feel so bad we didn't get a new episode out, but it was really fun to still see votes coming in. So Fun. Yeah. That's what you like to say. It was torture, maybe torture. Now, how That's was the a, rating? Was okay, the rating so the better Overall for rating, um, people can now vote on how haunted they believe something is. One being not haunted at all. 10 being the most haunted place ever. And drum roll, please. 6.26. That's one of the higher numbers we've ever had. Yeah, we had a seven before, though. Yeah, but but I thought maybe you'd kind of get a little bit with the rating sometimes. You know, there's a lot of yeses, but they'll still be like a four or five. Well, they do say that it's one of the most haunted places in the world. So they lie to you guys, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Too much evidence. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for a ghost story? I I was ready. We should go back and erase the polls and then just, <laughs> we'll just start here. No, no, no. We got to keep those in. They they spend all that time going to vote. And in fact, if you want to vote on this episode that you're about to listen to, when you're done with the episode, just visit ghostlypodcast.com. Click yeah. on polls. It's that easy. That easy. All right. Ghost story. It's time for a spooky tale from Rebecca. I got hired last week to do some repair work at the Paps Mansion. When I got there in the morning, I met the head volunteer and she told me they had some issues in a room on the second floor. One of the windows in a bedroom was leaking and it was one of those, hey, while you're here, can you also check out this loose floorboard? 
I'm used to it. As a general laborer type, I get it all the time. Sure, I said. So she shows me to the room and I get to work. These jobs can be tricky, but I was able to find the leak and get to work pretty quickly. After about a half hour, this guy stops by and just stands in the doorway. He's got like a fancy looking suit on. So I stop and I say hi and let him know that I found the place I need to fix. He just kept staring at me and then went Hoof, and walked away. Annoying, but I pressed on. Another half hour and I'm just about done with the window. Again, this man shows up in the doorway just staring. Can I help you? I asked. Again, he doesn't say anything. He just looks super disapprovingly at me. He shakes his head and he walks away. I was so annoyed by this time. So I finished up the window and I went to find the head volunteer again. I wanted to confirm the floorboard, but I also wanted to complain about this guy bothering me and judging my work. I wasn't even sure if he worked there or was supposed to be there. When I found her and told her, her face went white as a sheet. I was super worried at that point that this was some regular trespasser and maybe we had a problem on our hands. Well, turns out we did have a bit of a problem, but not one I was expecting. She asked me to describe the man. I said he was a little older with a mustache and a goatee. He was wearing a really fancy suit. Actually, I told her, the more I think about it, it really looked old fashioned. She asked me to wait a moment while she went to get something. I was so confused at this point. After just a few minutes, she came back with the photograph in her hand. She showed it to me and asked me if this was the man I had seen. Now, this was an old timey photograph. One of those early ones in like black and white. But I had no trouble recognizing that the man in the photograph was the one I had seen. I told her, yeah, that's him. Who is he? Why is he in this old time photo? She said, well, that's Frederick Pabst, the man who built this house. He died over a hundred years ago. It took a minute for that to sink in. She kept talking. We see him from time to time. He doesn't like the house being worked on. You aren't the first worker to report seeing him. But I I promise he doesn't do anything. I'd like to tell you that I did the smart thing and just run out of that house. But she looked so worried and I didn't want anyone getting hurt with that floorboard. So I stayed and did the work. I never saw him again, but uh, I swear I've never worked faster in my life. Wow. Okay, so where did this story come from? So there is a report that we'll talk about uh, Mm. of a laborer who was harassed Mm. by a man that he later saw in a photograph and recognized. Wow. Yeah. All right. So we we will talk about it. I definitely, you know... Spoiler alert. We will talk about it. We will talk about it. They definitely added a lot to the story. (laughs) But the basis of it... Wait, so you embellished? Well, I made it a story instead of just like a report. So you made it up. I did not make up the the heart, the heart of the of the the sighting. 
Yeah, but the toes and the fingers and the arms and the elbows, you made all that up. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a break. And when we return, we will talk about the history. Bat facts. Hey, listeners. Did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep. And we even have custom ghostly designs like microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, Whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you and your ghostly gear. Right, the Pat Facts are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And the best part of this all is he is hashtag Team Skeptic. Well... <laughs> And I still like him. And we've met Ta a few times, and he is a really, really nice guy. He really is, and he does an amazing job as a card reader. Absolutely. Uh, to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. Right. So Frederick Paps was born on March 28th, 1836 in Prussia. Prussia is one of my favorite historical countries. Yeah, t- where like tell me wh- what do you know about it? Because I it's like one of those things like I I've heard the name parts of Germany, um, uh, Austria, those areas and stuff were kind of like Eastern Europe ish. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those, and yeah. it was like a a whole big area. And at times it was bigger, and times it was smaller. Gotcha. But Prussia, I just love the name of that Prussia. Uh, In 1848, his family immigrated to the U.S. and settled first in Milwaukee and then Chicago. Really? Yeah. Um, The following year, though, his mother died of cholera. Yeah. And um, Chicago was difficult for immigrants back then. Paps and his father had to find jobs so that they could build a life for the family. For a while, they worked as waiters and busboys. But Paps eventually gave this up because he got the longing for the sea. Ooh, he was cold. He was. And he became a cabin boy in a Lake Michigan steamer in 1857. Now, most people don't realize Lake Michigan is freaking huge. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't think about it as being like 
you you think about like you're going to work on a boat, you have to go to the ocean yeah, or right? like a big river. But yeah, Lake Michigan is huge. It's a great lake. Yeah. Like you can't I mean, it's see a great the lake. other side. It's a great lake, but it's a great lake. It's a great lake. Yeah. No, yeah. like you can't easily just see to the other side of this lake. Well, depending upon where you're it at. It depends on where you're at, but I yeah. mean like it's it's not like a lake like you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paps managed to work his way up the ranks, and he got his pilot's license to become a captain of one of the vessels. Cool. Yeah, I guess that's what they call it, the pilot's license for boating. I didn't know. I don't know. Sounds good. Um, It was during this time that he met Philip Best, who was an owner of a small but prosperous brewery founded by his father, Jacob Best, in 1844 in Milwaukee. Paps married best daughter, Maria, on March 25th, 1862. And everything was fine until Paps got into a bit of an accident in December of 1863. You see, while trying to dock in the Milwaukee's Harbor, yeah, Paps actually just went on the land with the boat. Yeah. Oops. That's usually not how they want that to end. (laughs) Oh, no. So Peps decided to change careers, <laughs> and he bought half of Pe- of Best Brewery's company. When Best retired to Germany in 1867, Peps worked to transform the company into one of the nation's largest breweries, capitalizing on, among among other things, the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, that destroyed 19 Chicago breweries and helped position Milwaukee as the leading beer-producing city in the United States. Okay, so that makes sense. I think I've read that before, maybe about other industries too. It's like in you know Chicago, lost a lot of businesses. And so- But they lost a lot of beer too. Yeah. Well, and Milwaukee, in case you don't know, is about an hour and a half north for us like driving yeah in today um and it's really so not far we it's you know, really not far i've gone there to see concerts and stuff like that yeah. and you know yeah you don't think of it as as that far so it'd be pretty easy for a business there to transport things down yeah. to chicago so around 1890 captain paps commissioned milwaukee architect george brown or george bowman ferry to design a mansion in the Flemish Renaissance Revival style. Wow. Yeah. The Flemish Renaissance Revival style. It just has to do with how it looks. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, Flemish is interesting. I mean, it's that's definitely like um, uh, kind of that the the, like trade routes, the old, Mm -hmm. you know, like all of that. And anything that's Renaissance is going to be... you know, when they're they're just bringing back the old style, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And revival, again, bringing back the old style. Yeah, they keep bringing it back. So on June 27th, 1890, a building permit was issued for the construction of the home that would take two years to build. Ferry had designed a three-story house, dignified with a pressed brick exterior, corner coins decorated with carved stone, and terracotta ornament. Uh, Inside was originally a men's parlor decorated in mahogany on the one side and a ladies' parlor on the other side decorated in white enamel. Oh, very fancy. Right, yeah. They had their own, like, like we have man caves nowadays. He had his own man wing. Oh, and she sheds. (laughs) They had their own she wing. There you go. (laughs) So at the turn of the new century, though, Paps 
health started to deteriorate due to a number of ailments, including pneumonia, edemia, diabetes, and emphysema. In 1903, while traveling in California, he suffered two strokes before returning to Milwaukee. After his family rallied around him, Captain Paps slipped away and died shortly after 12 noon on New Year's Day, 1904. His funeral, which took place in the music room of the mansion, was meant to be a private affair. But the, but the enormous crowds of mourners that surrounded the mansion made it all but impossible. People were very sad that the guy that made the beer was dead, it sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, they, they loved him. Yeah. So, um, Mrs. Paps continued to maintain the house for another two years, spending her summers in Germany. During one of these trips, she fell from a carriage and injured herself. She returned home, but during her convalescence at the Milwaukee Hospital, she developed pneumonia and died on October 3rd, 1906. She was later laid to rest next to her husband at Forest Home Cemetery in Milwaukee. Um, both Captain and Mrs. Paps were sorely missed by not only family and friends, but by countless numbers of people that they helped through acts of kindness and charity during their lives. So the Paps family lived at the mansion from 1892 until 1908, when the Archdiocese of Milwaukee purchased the mansion. Oh, wow. I mean, I guess it'd be pretty hard to find another like rich family as rich that wanted that exact house. Yeah. So you kind of got to go organization or in this but it's case, like church. <laughs> you go from beer to clergy. You know? Well, you know, they had to cleanse it maybe. Yeah. And actually for the next 67 years, five archbishops, as well as many priests and nuns lived at the Paps Mansion. That's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> right? <laughs> In 1975, the archdiocese um, put the mansion up for sale. And they had this hope, though, that a historic preservation group would purchase it and restore it to its former glory. Because, you know, they didn't have the money to do that. Well, no, I mean, the priests like to party, so they, they ruined the place. <laughs> <laughs> now, in uh, 1978, Wisconsin Heritage, Inc. purchased the mansion, opening it to the public in May of that year. And until the purchase, the mansion had been slated to be demolished to make way for a parking structure. Yeah, uh, I did read about that. That's to, crazy, that right? It would, could, it would have been a parking lot. So we wouldn't have an episode then. Nope. No. Yeah. Uh, in 1998, Wisconsin Heritage, Inc. was renamed Captain Frederick Papp's Mansion, Inc. The mansion is open to the public with daily tours. Uh, the mansion was the set for a series of 1980 Boston store holiday commercials. The mansion was also briefly pictured during season four of the television sitcom How I Met Your Mother, as the childhood home of the character Robin in the 2008 episode, Happily Ever After. Now, I will admit I am not, I have not watched How I Met Your Mother fully. Like I've seen Oh my God, episodes, I've watched it several times. But I know you have. So yeah. do you remember this? Yes, I do. Yeah. I mean, so was she obviously was a rich person that they're like, yes, this is where she, she grew She was up. not, her father was. Okay. Well, I mean. And right, her father wanted up. a boy. Oh, well. so dressed her in all sports attire and gotcha. made her play hockey and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's a long, long story. Long story. Um, 
The first restored room of the Paps Mansion was the main dining room. The ceiling, cove walls, and the paintings above the doors were all painted white by the archdiocese. In order to find the original paint color, restorers took down three large mirrors on the eastern wall that had hung there since the captain's residence. They just got really lucky, though, because the archdiocese had painted around the mirrors, but not underneath. I mean, I'm sorry, that's a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess these must have been pretty big mirrors, but I mean, you'd just be like, whatever, we'll just cut in around them. Uh, have you seen the mansion? They could have been as big as a house. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so a perfect color palette was preserved from which the restorers used to repaint the other walls. So, you know, I can't do something about paps without talking about Pap's Blue Ribbon. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I know that's an interesting story about yeah. how P, you know, the PBR part <laughs> <laughs> happened. So, okay, so the company has historically claimed that its flagship beer was renamed Pap's Blue Ribbon following its win as America's Best at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1893. Uh, which, you know, I, I've studied that numerous times. Well, I was going to say, we've certainly talked about that with our H.H. Holmes episodes. Definitely go back and check out those and, and, and some other episodes as well. Absolutely. Um, whether the brand actually won an award in 1893 is unclear and highly unlikely. Really? I yeah. had no idea. <laughs> some accounts in- indicate that many vendors were frustrated by the fair's refusal to award such a prize. Oh, right. Like they were like, yeah, like we like, want to be able to advertise this? this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like, yeah, the fair was like, oh, you wanted us to do that? Well, we're not prepared for that. So um, one account says that the only prizes awarded by the executive committee were bronze medals in recognition of some independent and essential excellence in the article displayed. Rather than merely to indicate the relative merits uh, of competing exhibits. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, okay, so the bronze, so like, <laughs> could it be almost like, like there could be theoretically many things that won bronze medals. Basically, like if you were a, a really excellent thing, then you got the bronze medal rather than just like, I mean, you're okay. Well, but I mean, they didn't give you a blue ribbon, first of all. Right. And they didn't give it out for America's best. It wasn't like we looked at all of the, <laughs> the booths of a certain type, or in this case, the beers of a certain type, and we're, we're, we're giving you the bronze medal. It's like, uh, like again, just any of the you know, yeah. two out of five, five out of five, you know, whatever. And in fact, a lot of their competitors also got these medals. I see. So, yeah. However, the beer had won many other awards at many other fairs, so many, in fact, that Captain Paps had already started trying tying silk ribbons around every bottle. So it was a time when beer bottles were more likely to be to be embossed than labeled, and um, the ribbons were likely added at great cost to Paps. But Paps' display of pride was also a display of marketing savvy as patrons would um, start going into their bars and asking the bartenders for the Blue Ribbon beer. That is super smart. And you know what? Who cares that other people also got whatever award? And I mean, like you said, they did get awards at other places too, but it's like, first one to say it. 
Uh, They're the ones that get the credit. I don't know. I mean, I kind of, you know, want truth in advertisement. Oh, uh, well, that doesn't happen too often. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> one can only hope though, right? <laughs> well, that is super interesting. Um, you know, I think yeah, it's. It, I find it also interesting, like you said earlier, that this is a beer that uh, for a long time was looked down on, was seen as kind of a you know, not not cool beer to drink, you know, and now it's back to being kind of kitschy and like something that people want yeah. to to drink. You know, it's, it's hipster. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I wasn't going to say it's hipster beer, <laughs> but it's hipster beer. I, in, in, mm-hmm. Yeah, in a weird way it is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a beer connoisseur. Neither so. am I. So like, maybe we're not the people to talk about it, but it yeah. seems it seems fun. Absolutely. So that's all I have. Do you have anything to add to the history? No, I don't. I mean, just I'm glad you talked about the the World's Fair because and I learned something new for sure. You got to talk about the World's Fair anytime. Any, anytime I can, I do. Yes. Yeah. When we return, we will get to the debate. We are excited to announce a new way you can support Ghostly. Joining us on Patreon. There are many reasons to become a patron. Not only are you helping Ghostly cover its own cost, but you can get Ghostly episodes early. You can get up to 25% off Ghostly gear. Get a shout out on the next episode. You can get a priority request for a new episode. Get more Rebecca's creepy bedtime stories. And the biggest news, you can get exclusive content with our new show called Ghostly X for the weeks that Ghostly does not have a new episode. As well as many more cool rewards that we can't wait to share with our patrons. So please, help us become the podcast that we've always wanted to be. You can sign up by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link on the menu bar. Rebecca, are you ready to debate? Let's do this. Let's get to these ghost stories. Yeah. All right. So, okay, it was a little confusing doing the research for this episode because when you look up like Pabst and Haunted, there's actually a lot of haunting stuff about (laughs) this About Captain Pabst? Well, okay. So his mansion is haunted. Yeah. His brewery is haunted. And this man... Whoa, whoa, whoa. We were going to do just the mansion. Well, we are doing... I, I ended up... I tried my best. I just... I picked, you know, stuff from the mansion. But I found one thing that is from the brewery that I wanted to mention. Maybe two things. Um, that I just wanted to mention. So those should not be counted in your votes to determine no, if the we'll mansion is No, we'll save them for the food. end. We'll we'll start with the mansion <laughs> ones and then we'll, we'll have that but there. I do know one of them. And 
I got something for You're you. ready for yeah. it. Okay. Well, and I just want to say there's also this um, Riverside Theater that is like part of the PAPS like conglomerate of buildings i don't even know what to say it's this theater that is also super haunted but that to me looked like it could almost be its own whole episode so okay okay so i'm just you know if you're doing your own research at home (laughs) just uh learn from me search for paps mansion haunted (laughs) and then you'll get the stories from the mansion okay so the first one I wanted to talk about is the whole thing with the laborer. And actually, I did find a little bit more specifics after I wrote the story, which was supposedly it was a mason working on the restoration of the daughter's bedroom fireplace. And he reported that he was being bothered by an old man. And later, as he was walking around the house, obviously, there was a lot of paintings, photos, whatever, of Frederick Paps. And he was like, hey, that's the guy that's the guy who's been bothering me. And they're like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> he hasn't mm-hmm. been around in a long time. Um, so that, yeah, that's probably, I think it's probably the most common ghost story that you read about this place. Okay. So um, when you say Mason, you're talking the Freemasons, right? No. like Cause he was a Freemason. He was. And that is super interesting, Frederick. Yeah. No, Mason meaning um, like works with um, uh, Mason like brick. Masonry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so one worker saw it. Saw an old, there was an old man that he said was kind of like bothering him, like while he was working. But it was one man that saw this. Correct. And this is a story that's told often. Yes. I don't know. I'm just going to have to say that I think that this one person might have imagined that or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, it's difficult with this kind of evidence, though, because there's really nothing to go by here because I can't, like, go back and, like, talk to this Mason. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a name. Okay. Yeah, we don't have a name. And I can't, like, ask him, hey, what did you see? Tell me the exact accounts of it. So he doesn't really talk too much. There's not too many details either. So... You know, I'll give it a one, but that's only because there's not enough information to go off of. Okay. To totally rule it out, but okay. I'm I'm pretty much ruled. All it right. Out. Well, I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. Um, because it does seem like again pretty a pretty solid story. Um, and again, I'm not putting this in there. This is not the mansion. The thing I'm about to say, but supposedly workers that were restoring the brewery also had issues. Not that they necessarily saw Frederick, but they like would move things and then they would be moved back. And so mm. basically he doesn't like things being changed. So whether what it, it's at the house or the brewery. What what is interesting about the brewery though is that um before the house was built, before the mansion was built, mm-hmm. um, you know, Paps and wife were raising their children. And they said that they were shadowed by the brewery in a little tiny house. Oh, so like, that's why they built the mansion. Oh, because it was like they there's this huge brewery and they're just living in a tiny house, so they had to. I mean, like make the sun even. wouldn't hit it because it was oh, so big. Oh, they couldn't have sun. Yeah, <laughs> sunlight. Oh, that's so shadowed. That's what I said. Well, I, I didn't know it. what that like. You know, yeah. they were. Yeah, I mean, like that's the right word. It's just I didn't understand exactly what that meant. Yeah, <laughs> overshadowed. I was thinking in my mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, next one, 
is footsteps. So there's a couple different reports of footsteps. So guides say that they usually hear footsteps from the third floor, even if no one is there. And there is also a report from, and this is actually a quote I, I heard or read from the current curator who said that the previous curator, who was pretty well established, had been there for a long time, um, swore that she heard footsteps on the servant's stairwell precisely at 7 p.m. just about every night she'd been in the home. So there's like a general report of guides hearing footsteps, but there's a specific one that the former curator heard footsteps on the servant's stairwell precisely at 7 p.m. every night. But no, there there wasn't anyone there. Well, I have no idea why 7 p.m. would be the time that they hear it. I don't know. Maybe that's when they would go back upstairs. But I mean, these kind of things happen in a lot of older buildings. And this is something that we get reports of by a lot of things is footsteps. Footsteps can be easily misheard. And it could be the house settling. It could be a lot of other things. There, there's too many things that can possibly happen that would make that kind of sound or make you think you heard that kind of sound. I feel like we need a Foley artist to recreate what this person was hearing so we would know <laughs> for sure if it was footsteps or just creaking. Yeah, I mean, footsteps can be like, you know, I mean, if, if you're hearing like very distinct footsteps going upstairs... That is different than just like hearing the house shift or hearing a creak like someone was stepping like in the room above you, you know, where you hear the floor creak. That's different than hearing someone walk upstairs to me. So and also what I would say, I, I highly doubt that they're actual footsteps, but if they were, then, yeah, that might give us some indication that something might be going on, but it doesn't prove a haunting necessarily. Well, I would say if there's actual footsteps and no one no. can make the footsteps, that sounds like a haunting. We take everything that we can't explain and blame it on supernatural things <laughs> when it comes to these kind of things. So, no. All right. So what's uh, your rating? I'm going to go zero on this one. Okay. I'm going to go eight on this one. Okay. This is like pretty convincing for me, especially because there is a specific person that we're referencing. Okay. All right. So our next one. Okay. <laughs> so these are some paranormal investigators that were interviewed, okay? And they interviewed um the staff mm-hmm. and said like what have you like seen basically. So and then they were interviewed. Um okay, so the Allison is the paranormal investigator. She said that one time the staff was setting up for an event and noticed the candles popping out of a candelabra and hitting the ground. So candelabra, you can imagine it's the thing that holds multiple candles, right? So candles are popping out, hitting the ground. Um, So, quote, they so they picked them up and put them back and it happened again. Then they realized it was Captain Pabst's birthday. Okay. So they kept putting the candles in the candelabra and then they would like pop out and then they'd have to put them back in. Hmm. Well, I, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So it's very difficult to um, debate this one. So I am not going to debate it because people say that I often say the same thing about stuff. So instead of doing that, I am not going to debate this one. But I will say that I did happen to talk to somebody that lived right across the street Uh from the Paps Mansion, a man by the name of Jim Bannon. 
and uh, I've known him for years, and I've never known him to lie. Okay. And I asked him if there was any paranormal activity that he's aware of, and he said no. (laughs) And he has been in the mansion many times. Interesting. Yeah. It's so weird to like be across the street from it and then just go visit it. So I am actually going to help you on this one because I actually do not think this is paranormal. Like I can imagine that there's something going on with the candelabra size, the size of the candles, maybe something environmental that was just making it where the candles weren't like sticking in. Yeah. I mean, my first thought about this was that if it was really hot, right, then that can cause something like that to happen. Exactly. Um, Maybe not numerous times like that. So I, you know, again, not going to debate it necessarily. I'm going to, I'm going to go with my friend Jim Bannon and I'm going to say zero. Okay. Well, I'm going to say a two. Or we know Jim Bannon is Rex. We do know Jim Bannon is Rex. So, um, but I'm going to say a two. Like, two. again, I don't. That low. Wow. Yeah. Again, I don't think this is, is likely paranormal. I feel like there's absolutely too many environmental factors. It sounds like a, a thing they might say to like get people to come there. Um, it was his birthday. Like, I don't know. Just no. Hmm. Okay. All right. So here we go. Another um, another time, a curator noticed a chandelier swing- swaying. Chandelier was swaying and ringing like a bell. And so they thought someone was moving something upstairs, like so like a right above it, like to cause the, mm-hmm. you know, the it to shift. Uh, when they went to investigate, there was no one there. Well, there was no one there when they went to go investigate. But that doesn't mean that there was nobody there when it actually started happening. And the thing with like, have you seen pictures of this chandelier? Mm-mm. I've seen pictures of the chandelier. OK. And it looks like it's easily moved. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it does. I mean, this is an old, old <laughs> I'm not going to stand underneath the chandelier. Yeah, this is an old, old building, though. And, I mean, like, it doesn't look like it's fragile or anything like that. It doesn't look like it's going to fall off, but it does look like something that the weight of the bottom of the chandelier is heavier than the weight at the top of the chandelier, therefore making it like a like a pendulum. And it can sway back and forth. And if anything happens, even if there's a train that comes by or something like that, that can cause some movement in it. Now, I don't know how much movement this is. Um, It sounds like it is more than just a little bit, but it doesn't really specify. So I'm going to have to say that this is possible without there being ghosts involved in this. I mean... It is possible, but I'm also going to say that the curator certainly seemed concerned. Like, in other words, you would think if it was a normal amount of like, yeah, trains go by, it moves a little bit, people are walking upstairs, it moves a little bit, like that would not be concerning to someone. But that this time it was enough that they were like, okay, what, who is up there? What are they doing? I, I, I also feel like they obviously weren't expecting someone to be up there doing anything. Um, so, you know, I, I give it a little bit of probability. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. But the only thing that I think with this is that we don't know the before. We don't know the after. We just know when they went to go investigate that there was nobody there. So 
we, and we don't know if this was an experienced curator. It could have been a brand new curator to the place. It could have been their first day there. And this happens all the time. And since then, they're just like, no, this happens all the time. We know. So this tidbit of information is not giving me enough to go by. That's why when I do the history, I do the complete history so that, you know, I mean, when I can, there are some stories that are just too long, but because I want to give the backstory of uh, of everything, I think the backstory tells us a lot. Well, I would be very surprised if this was this curator's first day. I mean, if they had found out that this was something that happened all the time, they wouldn't be saying the story. I don't know. I don't know. So, <laughs> so what's your saying. rating? I gave it a And six. I'm not saying that's my only reasoning. Okay. My other reasoning is that it is probable because the base of the of a chandelier, like if you look at a chandelier, the base weighs more than the top. Mm-hmm. It is very easy to move these things and get them moving. Okay. So it doesn't it does not take much at all. So it's possible that somebody walked upstairs, caused this to happen. Or, as I said, something outside could have caused this. Some outside influence could have caused this. And I don't think the curator went and like interviewed every single person to ask exactly what they were doing at exactly that time. And everybody knew exactly where they were in the house. So I'm going to have to give it a zero. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Getting a little hot under the collar there today. I just want everybody not to just hold me at that one thing that I said. I said several things, so hold me to all of them. Then. Okay, sounds good. All right, so there are more stories for the mansion, but I decided I'd include um, a little bit from the brewery just because it really is something that... Um, uh, is talked about a lot. Now, um, actually, Pat, this is something I think I meant. I, could you mind if we do two really quick, just because there's there's two kind of super... Well, I'm only really prepared for the one. But oh, okay. yeah, we can do the two. Okay. Well, I just wondered what you thought of that thing I mentioned where like somehow in the old boardroom on the table... Oh, okay. Yeah. That um, there was a like a watermark that appeared like over a couple of days... This thing appeared that it was a pee. Mm-hmm. And they say there was no like apparent water damage or like, you know, it wasn't like it was dripping in a perfect P, letter P, <laughs> like mm-hmm. above this boardroom table. No, I don't, I don't think any of those things would be the cause of that. Okay. So one interesting thing about the house, uh-huh. and maybe this can translate into okay. the brewery, is that one of the rooms, I don't remember exactly which room it was. But uh, they were trying to um, figure out what color the ceilings were at one time. Mm -hmm. So they did an analysis of this using like some pretty, you know, modern technology. Mm -hmm. And they realized after a little while that there were leaves that were painted on the ceiling. But it was covered in seven layers of paint. So they could not get to it. Okay. So they were able to finally get to it and restore those leaves on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking, what if this had been there all along and it just was never un- uncovered and something helped it be uncovered? Like maybe maybe they moved the table and the light hit it differently and they can see it at a different angle or something. Oh. Or, you know, anything, okay. any anything that can cause something like that to happen what about if somebody polished the table and then all of a sudden 
that was the polish that took off the rest and it w- they were able to finally see it. Hmm. I mean, that seems. I mean, I'm sure it was pretty faint. Yeah, that uh, that could be. I mean, again, I I couldn't really find a whole lot of information about exactly that, but um, I don't know. Like, I think if you were the one cleaning it, but uh, anyways, it's an interesting idea. Um, but Paps loved his name. He did. I so he named the brewery after it, even sure. though it was called the best brewery before that. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the best brewery, much better name than Paps. I was, yes. I mean, I'm I, just saying. I agree. So I agree. he loved his name. <laughs> he would have put that everywhere possible. That is true. That is true. All right. But let's talk about this video. Okay. So I found this video by uh, Unspoken Visuals. Mm-hmm. And again, I'll put the link in the show notes. And here's the thing about it that I found interesting is that these are like er- urban explorers. Like mm-hmm. they're just like guys that like sneak onto property. Sorry if I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Um, but they sneak onto properties and they like parkour. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they like go through. Parkour. These, yeah. <laughs> they like go through the, the properties. And so like it wasn't, these are not paranormal investigators. Like they were not going there to find ghosts. But while filming at the very beginning of their video, they just happened to catch a voice a disembodied voice that was not there like they there there was not either of them it was there was nobody else there and they didn't catch it they didn't notice it until they looked back at the footage and it's like two minutes two and a half minutes into the video and the voice says i see you Mm. and super creepy and nothing else happens. Again, like you watch the rest of the video. It's just them like exploring this like abandoned brewery. But uh, they just when they came back and they watched the footage, super weird voice, super clear. Like it's not one of those where if you don't see the 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 writing, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't know what it said to me anyways. It was super clear. Well, very interesting. I watched the video and I... And at about two minutes and 30 seconds, uh, that's when you hear the, I see you in, in there, right? And then shortly thereafter, I continue to watch a video for like a couple minutes. So it was pretty short after this. Um, I didn't watch the whole entire video. It's like 15, 16 minutes long. Oh, yeah. They really are going everywhere. Yeah. And I was only interested in the part that you told me about so once i heard that i was good but i did hear the person um that was behind the camera i believe it was the person behind the camera Mm -hmm. um drop an f-bomb right after it (laughs) so don't let your families hear it if you if you want this to be family friendly Mm -hmm. um they dropped the f-bomb on there and i was like that is very interesting because it sounds just like the voice that said i see you so what I did, because I do have some superpowers being a podcaster. Okay. I have the ability to analyze these kind of things. Audio is actually pretty easy for me to analyze. And I was able to run it through a program and see the waves of each one of like the words it was said. Uh-huh. And by the way, I can tell the difference between me and you when, okay. I'm, when I'm editing. Okay. By the waves. Just sure. by looking at it. Okay. Um, Does everyone have the, a unique wave signature? I mean, most people do. Okay. Right? Most people. I mean, 
there are there are times when something is so similar that it's not, you know, that they're not. But still, very interesting because the background noise registered a certain wave. So then I cleared out the background. And I got to just hear the voices and put that through the program. And what's interesting is the wave for the ICU was exactly the same as the F-bomb. <laughs> wow, this is some pretty amazing detective <laughs> so work. I scienced this one out. I am calling BS on this one. Wow. All right. Sorry, unspoken visuals. Maybe you should continue to not speak. But also, <laughs> one more thing too. By listening to the background noise, I could tell that this was approximately one foot away from the camera, maybe closer than that. And the F-bomb was exactly the same distance, roughly, apart from there. Because it was the same exact volume level. Although the ICU was whispered. Yes, I know. All right, well, so what's your rating then? Uh, negative infinity plus. You're not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. But you've done it several times. No, so. I did it on one episode <laughs> that we were having fun on. Okay, zero. Zero. All right. I. You know what? You've you've given some good evidence. Um, I. It's still really creepy. So I'm going to give it a five. Okay. All right. <laughs> so that brings us to the closing arguments. Or what is your overall rating? Excuse me. What is your overall rating? All right. So overall rating for me is going to be a six. A six. I would do six and a half if I could. Okay. But I've had a couple pieces of evidence, like the candles and things that were kind of like, eh. And then one that was completely debunked. Okay. Or, you know, somewhat. Um, (laughs) Somewhat completely debunked But we definitely had a few that, in my mind, were pretty convincing. So I'm going to go in the, like, you know, it's kind of a little bit higher. So six, eh, six and a half. You can't do six and a half. All right. So I am going to go zero and a half. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to round up then and do one. Ooh, okay. Even though only one piece of evidence got the one, and that was only because there wasn't enough information to go off of okay. on that. All right. Uh, so I have to give him some benefit of the doubt. Only a very slight one, though. Slight. Okay. All right. So um, this that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep Rebecca honest. Hey. All right. You ready, Rebecca? I'm ready. All right. Let me pull it up here and go. All right, so I do think that the Paps Mansion might be haunted. Uh, you know, I mean, that family lived there a long time, and a lot of people live there. Uh, you know, it was a very a place, a very important place that meant a lot to them. And, you know, the people that work there report hearing footsteps, uh, seeing the, the man himself, um, they see things, mo- you know, chandeliers moving when they shouldn't be. Uh, you know, now there's a few things. There's some of these reports that seem, you know, maybe less believable than some of the others. Um, but, you know, it shows up on a lot of Milwaukee most haunted lists. And uh, I think it it seems like a super creepy place to visit. So 
Uh, the whole Pabst complex <laughs> seemed pretty haunted, and the mansion is included in that. All right. You took it down to the second there. That's what I do. All right. All right. You ready? Yes. Okay. And go. So there's no way that this place is haunted. It is one of those places, just like we've talked about before, that give off that idea that it is creepy because it is set in this Renaissance revival style. And it is very dark uh, looking. When you look at it from the outside, it's easy to get this idea that it's haunted. It's not at all haunted. Um, The evidence is not very strong for this one unfortunately. Um, And I'm sorry, but I wanted to be very scientific with that last piece of evidence because uh, Rebecca had given me a heads up on that and I was able to do some analysis of it. And unfortunately, it was the guy that dropped the F-bomb. That's it. All right. Finished a little few seconds Yeah, because that's all I need to say. That's all you need? That's all I need. All right. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. And I want to apologize again for uh, us taking a short sabbatical. No, no, no. An unplanned break. Unplanned break, yes. But we are back and better than ever. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot planned for you. Um, We are not skipping any episodes. We are just pushing things back two weeks. So um, we will be back at you regular time for the next episode and um, please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement and if you haven't hit that subscribe button what is your problem hey be nice i did scientific evidence for you guys (laughs) no i'm just kidding please hit that subscribe Mm -hmm. button if you're a one and done i appreciate your time (laughs) we hope you come back so we have a list of people that we would like to give shout outs to because these are our producers right absolutely these are our vip patrons and they deserve this because they help us Come up with show ideas. Yes. So the first one is Carrie. Becky. Natalie. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Marisol. Shayla. Cindy. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. And Candy. Uh, We will be talking about The Curse of the Ninth on the next episode that comes out on August 3rd. Can't wait. So do you know what that is? I do. I do. It has to do with symphonies. Yeah. So um, a lot of people, when they, when they go to do their ninth one, something happens to them. We don't know what. It's, it's another one. I mean, of we these... know what. They die. Well, we're going to find out. It's the curse. <laughs> it's the, is it the curse? The curse. <laughs> but uh, that comes out on August 3rd. Until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.